Welcome back to the BDSM show. That's Billy and Devo talk sports and manliness. I'm Billy. I'm Devo, and everyone loves the D in BDSM. Um, you can find us on Facebook.com slash BDSM show. Uh, we're also on Twitter at BDSM show, Stitcher, iTunes, the whole deal. Um, let's jump right into it this week. Um, there is a baseball game that happened to have taken place that drew the attention of, uh, of Billy. Uh, I'm curious to hear uh, what you have to say. I have a feeling I know which way it's going. Um, but uh, what do you got, buddy? Well, first of all, man, let's not pretend like you know me, okay? You don't know which way this is going. Uh, anyway, so Sunday, it, we've discussed at length uh, with our podcast, being in the bulk of the baseball season, we've discussed at length the Rays and the Red Sox and uh, how they hate each other and how David Price is a little girl and, you know, David Ortiz is a bastard. And, well, I haven't said that, but everybody else has said that. Um, so... In case you missed it, lay the groundwork. Uh, Sunday, uh, David Ortiz came up with a couple runners on base and hit a bomb off of the Rays pitcher, Chris Archer. And I, my video feed had cut out, so I had turned to the Yahoo Sports Gamecast to find out what happened. So I see his home run, and my first thought is, I wonder if he stared at it Number one, and number two, did Chris Archer get butthurt about it, like a certain uh, teenage little girl on his team? All-star teenage little girl. Okay, fine. All-star teenage girl. He's still got feminine ways. (laughs) Um, So sure enough, I find the link and see that not only did he stare at it, but he pulled a little extra bat flip. And then did a little Texas two-step around every base on the trot around the base path. So, a couple things on this. Number one, what this has to be, there's no other way to look at it, is this is David Ortiz basically saying, F you, um, if I want to stare at a ball as it leaves, I'm going to deal with it. You know, and this, this clearly was carryover from the last time they played in, in Boston, you know, a month or two ago. And, you know, he got beamed by David Price, who held on to this whole staring at the ball thing for six, seven, eight months um, and just let it build up and, and consume him like a teenage girl. Um, so as we talked about this earlier, it was extremely, extremely immature on David Ortiz's part. I can admit that. I'm willing to say it was dumb. It was immature. Let's take it at face value for what it was. Uh, It was reaction purely to the last series they played in. And it seems like he kind of let that fester from, you know, a couple months ago and was not willing to let it go. Very akin to the uh, feminine David Price. So the interesting thing for me after the game is uh, Chris Archer was asked about it, and he didn't see it live because he was watching how far the baseball flew off the bat and missed the bat flip, and then I'm sure he tuned out most of the Texas two-step home run trot. Uh, He was asked after the game, and he 
he answered with this, and I'm reading a quote here. All my interactions with him off the field have been good, but when it comes to him on the field, I don't know what makes him think that he can showboat the way he does, and then nobody retaliates. I don't know why he feels like that, but obviously he feels the way David Price said he does. He feels like he's bigger than the game. He feels like the show is all about him. He also said, I never saw Hank Aaron flip his bat. I'm not comparing the two, but they're obviously in the same class of players as far as what they accomplished. I guess different people have different ways of reacting. That's just who he is. So now he's calling David Ortiz a showboater, which I get. Ortiz has watched more than his fair share of home runs. It just seems like David Price is the only one who's ever gotten butthurt about it and held on to it for eight months. So anyway, David Price aside, here's where it's here's and David Ortiz came out and said that Chris Archer's been in the league for two days and it's not his place to talk about the bat flip, which I don't necessarily agree with. I feel like Chris Archer's proven himself over the last half of last season and, and the first half of this season. I feel like he's proven himself enough to speak on on things, but maybe shut up, Chris Archer. And and this is why. Uh, flashback to last year, and I only remember this because of how colossally dumb it was. Uh, the Rays are playing the Red Sox, and this is when the division was was uh, it was still up for grabs. Uh, Contention. Yeah, this was before August and September when the Red Sox essentially ran away with the division. Uh, this was, I think, probably June, maybe July. Uh, Chris Archer gives up a home run to Daniel Nava, who by no means is a showboat. He's one of those guys, he's happy to be where he is because he could very easily not be in the major leagues. So, you know, he hits his home run and, and he jogs around the bases at full speed, you know, like the most of the, you know, marginal type players are. And, um... So that's that. So the Rays are down 2 nothing. They end up making it 2-1. to one. Uh, Come the 4th or 5th inning, Chris Archer strikes out Daniel Nava. And mind you, this is someone who's already hit a home run off him earlier in this game. He goes to the always classic Scott Steiner type <laughs> kissing the biceps. Uh, you just struck out someone who's already hit a home run off of you. What are you doing kissing your biceps? You look dumb. Not to mention in this game, he threw about 150 pitches through five innings and left his bullpen out to dry. Okay? So if you're going to celebrate a strikeout like that off a guy who already homered off you, and I believe the Red Sox ended up winning 2-1 to one in that game, so that was the difference, you can't then talk later about somebody else being a showboat and him being that's just the way he is. That you're a class A hypocrite. Shut up. Chris Archer's not the one to talk on this. If you want to talk to David Price, fine. But you're going to take it with a grain of salt because he's clearly still butthurt from the playoffs last year. But Chris Archer's not the one to be talking like this. Like, you, you can't kiss your bicep after striking out a guy who already homered off you and then talk about other people showboating because of what they've done on the field and making it all about them. You just can't do that. It's dumb. You look stupid. And it it struck me as dumb when he did it, but I get why he did it, because it's an emotional game. It was a really tight game when he did it. He was fired up because he struck someone out. And you just let your emotions get the best of you. 
So roll that back around to what started all this nonsense, this uh, vitriol, if you will, this anger that David Price has for David Ortiz and, and everybody else. This all started because David Ortiz watched his second home run fly off the field, fly deep into the stands in the playoffs in, the, in Fenway Park. Name one person who wouldn't be, I mean, it, it, again, you're letting your emotions get the best of you. He crushed it, and he's excited, so he's watching this ball fly. There's probably, I guarantee you, 90% of major league hitters would do the same. And David Price took it personal and held it for eight months to, you know, drill him in May when he sees him again. If he had just taken this and gone, okay, whatever, he was fired up. This is not an issue. Then we're not having Chris Archer look like an ass talking about people celebrating when he kissed his bicep after striking out someone who already hit a home run off of him. It just looks dumb. <laughs> all of it looks dumb. And like I said, this is not all just bass David Ortiz was extremely immature in, uh, in how he handled it on Sunday. But, I mean, what can you do? It's already done. I uh, I did get to watch the uh, I didn't watch the game, but I did you know obviously see the uh, the the bat flip and the jog and all that. Uh, it's pretty douchey bat flip. I got to be honest. Um, you know, and I did notice the uh, the two step around the uh, the bases. Um, I also think David Ortiz looks like a billy goat, but that could be just me. Um, That's racist. You can't say that. <laughs> billy goats. Yeah, I don't think I don't yeah, think you, that's racist. You heard me. That's racist. You can't it talk could like be, that. It could be his chin hair or his teeth. I don't know what it is. If I saw Billy Goat chewing on sunflower seeds, I could easily confuse that with David Ortiz. Again, that's racist. You can't say that. <laughs> um, I um, and I do. I think it's funny if Chris Archer did kiss his uh, bicep. I'm going to look that up actually. Um, after a guy homered off of him, I feel like you're kind of at even at that point. Like you're just kind of. Not even even because you're not supposed to let people homer off you. Well, and he was still lo- he was still losing the game at that point. Yeah, I mean you can't like you can't you can't let somebody homer, and then even if you strike them out the next two or three at bats, it's I feel like they still got the best of you. Yeah, exactly. you know what I mean. Exactly, and that's, like, you that's lost why that. it just looks stupid to me. And there there is a uh, on Facebook. There's a page called Boston Red Sox Memes, and you may be shocked to find out that I <laughs> I uh, I have that feed rolling through my Facebook. Oh, okay, you're a subscriber. And it was not even two hours after the game they had one up of uh, you know Chris Archer's comments, and then him kissing his bicep after striking out Daniel Nava, who had homered on him earlier in the game. <laughs> the so, old scumbag Archer <laughs> meme. Yeah, one of those kind you. of deals. I got you. Now. Um, uh, football's coming up. I don't know. Are you, are you good with uh, with uh, Ortiz there? Yeah, I'm better. I'm better. Okay, I you feel better. Chest, you know, good. Said how I felt. I'm done. Okay, with it. I'm going to move good. on. Like neither David Price or David Ortiz. <laughs> That's right. You're going to be the bigger the man. Exactly. We're going to move on to football. Um, now Ray Rice had uh, an interesting, you know, weekend. He um, and and not even not even Ray. I hate Ray Rice personally, and I think you feel the same way. Um, he pretty much ruined USF for me <laughs> in Rutgers. Yeah. Uh, for me personally, Ray Rice uh, is a dick on the yep. field and off it. I think he's a tremendous 
running back and a terrible person all in the same breath. Yeah. Um, so Stephen A. Smith, I, I didn't read the article, um, but I did see that he was suspended for comments about the situation. Did you, did you read the article? Yeah. And, and here I didn't see the video and I'm, I'm basically just going off quotes that I've seen, uh, in these articles. And if you, if you didn't know, Ray Rice was suspended by the league for two games, count them, one, two, you can count that with your two thumbs. You don't even have to involve your fingers. One, nope. two, two games because in the off season he beat the hell out of his girlfriend, and I believe there was surveillance footage uh, wherever this occurred of him dragging her by her hair or oh, dragging her by the arm, that. dragging her out of the elevator. So, I mean, it's not like you can even say, well, it was hearsay and the cops got called and she doesn't want to press charges anymore. It was public. It was very public. And the hypocrisy in all this is you have a football player, <clears throat> Josh Gordon in Cleveland, who's facing a year-long suspension because of marijuana, but Ray Rice in Baltimore gets suspended two games for beating the hell out of his girlfriend. Well, I don't know what kind of message that sends, but that another debate for another day. Okay. Uh, where Stephen A. Smith comes out looking like yeah, an yeah. ass, and most times I feel like he he does a pretty good job of making himself look like an ass. But he it's took mostly this, accent for me, but it's the screaming and carrying on when he doesn't yeah. have a point, so that nobody else can get their point across. That's how I've always viewed him. Um, but he took this to another level. This this dumbassery. Uh, he's got a quote from ESPN's first take, and he said. Would I've tried to employ the female members of my family, that's not even proper English, some of who you all met and talked to and what have you, is that let's make sure we don't do anything to provoke wrong actions because if I come or somebody else come, whether it's law enforcement officials, your brother, or the fellows that you know, if we come after somebody's put their hands on you, it doesn't negate the fact that they already put their hands on you. Point one, it's true... They can't take back what's already been done. So if you get beat up, you will always have been beat up. Yes. You can't unring that bell figuratively and literally. What's wrong with this, this is where Stephen A. is dumb, and Devin, I know you agree, is you can't tell someone who's had the, sh the crap beat out of them, <laughs> you shouldn't have put yourself in that situation. Oh, maybe you shouldn't have been driving that fancy car or wearing that fancy watch. Yeah. You're asking to get mugged. Unless you were walking through the hood, screaming racial slurs at the top of your lungs, there's not much, and especially with domestic violence against women. What are you going to do? What if, okay, what if, you, what if you've been with a man for six months, and he hasn't shown any signs of this? And one night, you guys are out drinking, uh, you say something joking, he takes it the wrong way, and he blasts you in the face. What, how do you prevent that? You don't. You know, that's not... If you're in, a, in an abusive relationship, I could see maybe you, you're saying you've, you've kind of left yourself in that situation because you, you refuse to get yourself out of it. But even uh -huh. that, I, I can see why it doesn't, you know, some women just can't get out. And I so get that. So basically, he said, don't be talking back. Yeah. Don't but give them a reason to hit you. You're essentially saying, you know, what some of these... Some people have been saying about, you know, rape victims. Well, you shouldn't have been dressed in a, in a skirt and a halter top because you're basically just inviting rape. No, you're not. You're a floozy. Yeah, it's dumb. 
So he was blasted in the media. Uh, he got into an argument on Twitter with another ESPN personality, uh, Michelle Beadle. And I don't have all the quotes in front of me, but I know she called him out on it. And he tried to justify what he was saying. He tried to further explain. And that quote went, But what about addressing women on how they can help prevent the obvious wrong being done upon them? In no way was I accusing women of being wrong. I was simply saying what that preventive measures always need to be addressed because there's only but so much that can be done after the fact once the damage is already done. Again, basically reiterating, you really shouldn't talk back. Yeah. Again, true, you can't undo it once it's already done. But again, you're saying you shouldn't have put yourself in that situation. Unless you knew the guy was a, a woman beater. He's been convicted six times of beating right. spouses. Just, he just got out of jail and you picked him up? There's only so much you can do. What, so you just Ugh. basically what he's saying is don't talk, sit in the corner. When he asks for a sandwich, make it. <laughs> right. You know, give it up in the bedroom and do uh -huh. everything you can do to possibly make sure this man is happy. Which so, is dumb. So this week we can enjoy ESPN without Stephen A. Smith. Yes, yes. I, you know, and I haven't watched ESPN much. Um, I think I, I may turn it since on. Since really like last football season started when Fox Sports okay. 1 went live. And I think I might tune into ESPN this week because it will be quiet and peaceful. Yeah, and, and yeah, absent of that, of his screaming and his New York accent. I, um, Billy and I this weekend had a chance to, uh, take our kids to the movies. It was just the two of us, you know, a little daddy and son, uh, getaway. Um, it was me and my son, Billy and his son. We went to see, uh, Planes 2, Fire and Rescue. Um, it was, I, it was my first time taking Finn to the movies. Yep. Um, had you taken, uh, Bubba to the movies before? We had, uh, I know... Jen and Heather brought the boys to a movie uh, a few weeks back um, when we were up in that area. And I know Heather said they had done well for the most part, but Finn started to get antsy. And then Bub saw Finn get antsy, and he got antsy. And, you know, so they were kind of fighting it for the, the rest of the movie. We tried bringing him to one of these summer dollar ticket showings. and. The good kids movie was sold out, so we were stuck with the adventures <laughs> the of kids yeah. We were stuck with the adventures of Tintin, uh, which was okay. The plot was picking up by the time we had to leave, but it wasn't good for a toddler. I there was because there was a lot of thinking involved with it. Like it was kind of like uh, maybe a teenage animated movie, right? You know, just to spur thought. They were trying to have you help solve this stupid mystery or whatever as you go along trying to guess what's happening a toddler's not picking up on that uh you know the toddler sees the dog running and jumping on a skateboard or jumping on a truck and that's pretty much he takes it at face value he takes it as what he's seeing so we hadn't really taken him to a kids kids movie uh at least i hadn't uh, -huh. uh planes 2 was definitely the first for me it was where i thought he might last it was hard for me, uh, I had a rough time with him. I am always so terrified that I'm going to have the bad kid. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, he's going to be the one that people are just like, oh, I wish that kid would just shut up. Yeah, and I think that's kind of the fear with every parent. Is, <laughs> right. Because nobody wants to be that guy. 
Right. So, um, you know, he did okay at the beginning when he was still into the popcorn and the gummy bears. I mean, I feel like I was able to kind of stave him off. Um, but then he started, you know, I want to sit up. Oh, look, my chair rocks. Holy smokes, the seat bottom moves. Look at this. I can kick this uh, armrest in front of me and it'll fall down and make a big thump. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if the movie just wasn't enough to keep him in because at home it's not a big deal. Or maybe I just don't notice it if he gets yeah. up and wanders around at home. Exactly. Like, I'm not just like, shh, sit down, shh. Because he started shushing me, I think, after a while because I shushed him so much. Well, I do uh, remember at one at point. Theater. I do remember uh, you asked him to uh, pipe it down, you know, or uh-huh. you shushed him and he turned around and went, Pfft. Yeah, he sure did. And yep. then Bubs turned around and got in my face and went, Pfft. And I'm like, kid, I will take you outside. <laughs> I I was close to bringing him outside. But, you know, as I got to the stairs with him, he started, you know, uh, losing it a little bit. And I'm like, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. I just I just uh, didn't want to ruin it for everybody else. And the movie, from what I, you know, the couple of minutes I was able to look at the screen, uh, looked good. I'd yeah. like to see it again. It was a pretty solid movie. And, I mean, they had ACDC in there, so. Right, yeah. That they, was, like, that was the best scene. Spoiler alert. Yeah, they, um, they were doing all right there. Uh Boat Reynolds was kind of amusing. Boat Reynolds, you know, yeah. they if, got the the usual adult humor that kids aren't picking up on, but will laugh because mom and dad are laughing. And if I go again and I go without my son, I will probably go to a really like the latest movie I can stand, uh, so that some guy doesn't bring his kid in there and ruin the movie for exactly. Me. I see. That's why I think <laughs> if you go to a noon showing of an animated kids movie like Planes Two or Frozen or Toy Story like, or anything like that. You have forfeited the right to be upset if a kid goes bonkers because right. I, what are you expecting? It's going to be a bunch of, if anything, if it's a packed crowd, it's going to be a bunch of families with kids. Right. You know, so yep. it's just, it's something you have to deal with. I don't, I think, I think, uh, Bubs did all right. He just, his problem was he didn't want to sit still. He wanted to go from his seat to my lap to his seat to my lap. Yep. And then he didn't want his popcorn. He wanted the big popcorn and <laughs> yeah. juice and, and yep. he kind of saw Finn standing up playing with the seats, so he wanted to stand up playing with the seats. Yep. But I overall, I think they did pretty well. You know, you got to keep in mind they're two, and, and right, and I, it's a long time. I mean, and we got there the second the place opened, so we were in the theater thirty minutes before the movie even started. Yeah. So I mean, that's that's a lot to ask out of a kid. I mean, maybe next time I won't be. You know, we'll roll in like right as the movie starts because there was fifteen minutes of previews. So I mean, we were probably in the theater forty five minutes before the disney logo even flashed so yeah well and it was fair too to get there a little bit early because we were kind of worried about what the crowd might look like <laughs> right and it turned out it was dead there was like three yep. families and then um, our uh our two lovely fathers and son combo so yeah and on the way there we we uh tried to hit the valet parking which the guy i don't know if he was hung over or what i mean we were clearly in the hours of of the uh parking attendant yeah. But uh, he was not there. So we had to park in the garage. And while we're waiting for the attendant, uh, my son, who he has had an occasion to do, uh, fired off a curse word. Um, <laughs> now, it's probably 80% my fault because um, I do say uh, shit a lot. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. You know, it's just like an expletive for me, like instead of, oh, darn it. I say, oh, shit. Yeah, well, and the thing you have to keep in mind, too, Devin, is is uh, 
you're the male in the relationship, so right. it's always your fault. But that's true. That is true. So either you know, however, however you slice it, it's my fault. And I've already told Jen uh, that you know when when the teacher comes and it gets you know Finn's in trouble for cursing, just let me know. I'll handle that. Um, I'm fine with talking to the teacher about cursing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so when he fires it off, I'm pretty sure Bubba fired off uh, a a mimicking shit. Yeah, he and definitely tried. And I think there was one other time where I don't remember what I was doing, but I was sitting with him and he was eating breakfast and I accidentally let an F-bomb slip. <laughs> okay. And he said, duck. Uh-huh. And I immediately, I knew what he was trying to say. I immediately went, hey, man, no, don't use that language. That's, that's a mean word. And he, we hadn't ever had, because, you know, in my personal life, if you don't know this about me, I curse like a sailor. Uh-huh. Uh, he's never once mimicked that. And even in his parroting age now, uh-huh. he's, he's never mimicked it. So I was, I, was, I was taken aback a little bit when Finn said, Ah, oh, shit. <laughs> and I look over and... Clear as day, too. Yeah, I look over and Bub goes, Ah, uh, oh, shit. And here's the problem as a parent. When There's... when when you're like you or I who laugh at everything. Yes, yes. How do suck... you not laugh? And you can't laugh because if you laugh you encourage Oh, it. you're because just now it's you funny, give it all bets are off. Yep. So how do you not laugh? I'm sorry. I laugh I find everything funny. I laugh at things I'm not supposed to laugh at and I think it's healthy because you know, I'm not wound up tight. Because I can laugh at pretty much everything. So I immediately start laughing. And i got to turn around and face forward so that the boys can't <laughs> right, see me, me laughing at the fact yep. that they both just said, Aw, shit. Repeatedly. Repeat, not just one time. They kept saying it. Yeah, they probably got between two of them, six or eight of them out. And I had to stop like, and, and gather myself, mm-hmm. stop laughing, and turn around and say, Bub... Do not use that word. That's mean language. See, and I'm more of the just ignore it. You know what I mean? Like, if I make a big deal out of it, then he knows what to say to get a big deal out of me. You know what I mean? Very true. And so I'm more of a, when he says it, I'll try to just say, oh, darn it, like immediately after that yeah. to kind of give him that replacement word. Yep. Because um, I'm afraid that if I get after him, you know... um, that that's what he'll know what to do to like to solicit a response from me. Yeah, you know? push your buttons exactly. And so I don't want to get I don't want to give him that ammo. And plus I don't I don't want it to make me upset. I want it to be still be funny. So yeah. I'm not going to get upset about it. We'll um, see. And and we're still laughing about it now, so it's okay. Right, right. I mean, and if he uses it in the right context, like okay, we were waiting for the valet. He wasn't there. That's fair enough. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's he used it reason. right. That's all you can right. ask from a toddler, like, right? Exactly. He's got it in the right. He knows what it means. He's using it in the right context. You know what? It's just exercise for his brain. Don't overuse it because you'll lose. It'll lose its effect. Yeah. You know. And when he gets older, I'll be able to explain that to him. Um. You know. You want it to still have its effect. Otherwise, it's not even worth saying. Yeah. There's there's a certain art to right. Uh, exactly. To exactly. Yep. I think you're really good at it. You're a really good cursor. Well, thank you. Swear word sayer. <laughs> I sometimes I feel like I lay it on too thick sometimes. Um, and I, even on this show, I have to bite my tongue because I want to say the F word so bad sometimes. 
Yeah. Um, I know you do too. Especially Sometimes when, you just got to let your flag fly. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and you just got to edit it out. Your own little post production edit. Absolutely. Shit, cock, balls. <laughs> Have fun with that. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, no problem. I don't edit the show, so it <laughs> doesn't bother me. Um, so speaking of speaking of cursing um, and feeling a little guilty, I wanted to kind of get into um, just like a quick list because uh, I don't want you guys to know how lame I really am. Um, Billy and I were talking about maybe a guilty pleasure list. Uh, we decided we would just stop at two because I really because I'm super lame and I have tons of uh, guilty pleasures. Um, but I don't want you to know exactly how lame I am. I want you to kind of leave that up to your imagination. Well, and and the other thing is, I could really only come up with two. Oh, okay. mainly mainly because I have no shame. Right? Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. So it's uh, like you know, I was talking to my wife about it before the show. Uh-huh. Like, I I got to come up with these guilty pleasures for the show. And she goes, well, "What about this?" I'm like, "Nope, doesn't bother me." Well, doesn't what about I'll this? Do that in public? Yeah. Nope, doesn't bother me. I'll do that with my pants down in public. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, there's a lot that I just I have no shame about. You know, so uh, again, when you can laugh at everything, you tend not to have much shame. That's true. So you can make an ass of yourself and not think twice about it. It doesn't bother you. So that's why it was difficult for me to come up with really more than two. My first one, I'm going to start if you don't mind. You can back clean up here. Please, Um, I read it. My first one kind of was brought on. And I feel I feel stupid, but it's funny. Um, a buddy of mine, he did actually the, one of the quotes a couple of weeks back. The uh, uh, Monty Midkiffin, Steve, um, he he's the one who talked about his two year olds. He mentioned something about this band called Florida Georgia Line, and uh, he was complaining about how he would rather stand in a really echoey room and let his kids yell than listen to that music. <laughs> and I was like, you know, that's pretty funny. Um, you know, and I and I. You know, and I I made a snarky remark like, "Oh yeah, those guys are about as country as smart cars, right?" So then, like, I don't know why I just kept thinking about Florida Georgia Line like all day. So I was like, "Yeah, I'm just gonna pull it up on YouTube, see what it's all about here." And I'm like, "Oh yeah, this is dumb, just cheesy. What's the next song sound like?" <laughs> and so I I clicked through like I don't know six or eight songs and uh, downloaded the album and burned it onto a CD. <laughs> And now it's in my truck like a big dummy. So my first guilty pleasure uh, that I had to poo-poo in public but actually have literally in the CD player in my truck right now uh, is Florida Georgia Line. Uh, okay. It is so much cheese. It's it's not even country music, first of all. It's I, one of those things you can't help but get, get caught on because it's, it's like catchy. Right. It's pop country rock. I would say it's southern rock. Let's just yeah. call it that. And it's pop. And these guys are not country. They say the word lift kit uh, all the time. And I feel like if you're country, you never say the word lift kit. Yeah. Ever. And uh, they call alcohol feel right juice. And uh, while it's fun to sing, no one's. I've never heard anyone say that. And I feel like I'm as country as most, if not more country. Uh, or I've hung around country people and no one's ever said, let me get a sip of that feel right. Like, yeah, never. No, no one's ever said that. Just oh, I've, about, I've known plenty of rednecks in my time. I've not <laughs> right. once no ever heard really anyone say, say anything about feel right juice or lift kits. Yeah, you know they don't say jacked up and they don't say lift kits. 
So uh, that's my first one is Florida Georgia Line. You guys are welcome, by the way, um, and you're a bunch of lamos. I'm not tagging you on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, my first, and this is something I'm really not proud of. (laughs) Good, I can't wait to hear it. Um, But I still do it uh, semi-shamelessly, but (laughs) semi-shamefully. As a father of a toddler, I spend a lot of time watching Disney, Disney Junior, um, you know, Disney XD, Uh all that kind of stuff, Disney Uh West, so I can catch the episodes I've already seen. Good, Um, good. I find myself intrigued when they have new episodes of, like, Sophia the First and Jake and the Neverland Pirates and Doc McStuffins. Uh, they have like a new episode every Friday or whatever, and I feel like, oh yeah, great! Can't wait to see what hey, the, sweet, the new episode. plot is. Yeah, and so I end up doing that. And then if we miss it for whatever reason, I'm chasing them around the house and forget about the episode. Then I'll switch over to Disney West, you know, after I've dropped him off daycare to see <laughs> to grab the Pacific you know, showing. Yeah, to see what goes on, <laughs> and it's there's been more than a few times he stopped watching and moved on with his life, and I'm still sitting there watching, like Locked totally. In. Totally honed in on the TV. Like, he could be off in, in the it. other room dropping F-bombs left and right. And I'm You're completely good. deaf to it because, you know, Princess Sophia is about to lose her amulet. <laughs> I, I'm, like I said, I'm not proud of myself, but there it is. I'm into it. Okay. My, you know what? And you know what's so creepy and so scary is that my other one is so similar to that. Like, so similar. Mine uh, is also a Disney um, movie, Disney programming. Yep. And uh, it's the Tinkerbell movie series. Oh, Jesus. Holy smokes. It's, they're fantastic. <laughs> they're, what a great movie. Like, I literally watched one and, like, almost cried because it was so awesome. <laughs> and I was like, Jen's like, what are you doing? I'm like, nothing, nothing. I'm just watching the pirate fairy rescue oh terrible i've i've actively avoided those just so that i won't have to watch them again if i'm hooked i mean tinkerbell is steamy the new cgi tinkerbell she gets the thumbs up okay uh, because she's pretty steamy as far as like computer (laughs) the cartoons go um (laughs) the pirate fairy when she goes from fairy to pirate also very steamy um I feel like that's kind of aimed at me. Like I don't, I don't know. I feel like that episode was made for me. But um, <laughs> the uh, yeah, the the fairy rescue or like the sister one. I don't remember. There's like five of them, and I've seen them all, and I would watch them all again. Easily. I have not seen one, thankfully, because I don't want to get hooked. Yeah, don't. Because if you are if you watch the new Doc McStuffins and the new, uh, this would easily grab you. So just avoid it. Take my word for it. They were good, but not good enough that you have to watch them. Roger that. I will. Uh, I will keep that in mind. Uh-huh. Uh, my other one is. Um, I can't really say that I'm too ashamed of it because I I readily uh, embrace it. It is a little more grown up. Uh, the Transformers movies and uh-huh. the GI Joe movies. I know after the first Transformers movie. Uh, everybody kind of got like turned off because Michael Bay did what Michael Bay does and just went like overload, took everything that was right about the first movie and 
pumped it full of steroids like A-Rod. And I think in the, the second one, there was something like 100 robots or something, you know, come through the screen at some point and just over-the-top explosions. Boom! And, but, like, here's the thing for me, man, is I think every once in a while it's fantastic to just watch a movie just for fast cars, uh, shiny objects, explosions, and, and hot women. Yeah. You know, like, it just... I don't think there's anything wrong with that. G.I. Joe, the first one I went to see just as as having been a fan growing up of G.I. Joe. And I know most people didn't like it because at at times it was really cheesy. Uh, The plot was not the strongest, but it was okay. I loved it because, again, fast cars, uh, beautiful women, beautiful. they had explosions. all these yep. explosions. They had all these fancy sci-fi, you know, weapons that are probably decades from coming true or even being dreamed up. And I just love everything about it. So I readily went to – I didn't see it in theaters, G.I. Joe 2, only because I didn't have anybody I could drag along with me. Mm-hmm. But I was eager to see it because it had Bruce Willis and The Rock in it. Yep, those are two and, good, uh, good gets. Yeah, so it was a first day cop for me when I dropped in the in at Target. You know, on release day, I was I was there. So, uh, I mean, it was it's just one of those things. Like I, I'm into them, and like I said, somewhat shamelessly, somewhat shamefully, I I I kind of embrace it. I have no problem admitting that at times I'm easily entertained. Make things blow up, and you know have amazing women. futuristic technology and beautiful women. And I'm hooked. I'm done. I'm good. The plot can be marginal at best, and as long as it's not like you know dumb dumb plot, like the Rain Man came up with it, then I'm good. So definitely explosions. Def- definitely, definitely explosions. Yeah, and then, you know, a lot of Michael Bay movies, that's what it ends yeah, up being. Is just explosions and slow c- camera roll from, you know, the actor's chest or whatever. And, and Bikini Girls. Yeah. You got yourself a Michael Bay flick. Boom, there it is. So I think that's about... Uh, I'm going to wrap it up, sir, because uh, I don't want to give away any more of my guilty pleasures. Uh, I can save those for later uh, episodes, and plus I'm constantly updating, you know. Maybe there's a new... Uh, Tinkerbell movie that comes out that I'll need to talk about. Very true. Um, so I am going to leave you guys with a quote from the Academy Award-winning band Three Six Mafia, uh, featuring DJ Paul, Juicy J, and Crunchy Black. Uh, <laughs> now, ever since I can remember, I've been popping my collar. Ever since I can remember, I've been working these hoes. And they better put that money in my hand. So uh, thanks for hanging in there with us, guys. Um, stay tuned. We're going to be working on that uh, USF bonus episode. Uh, we got an NFL episode coming up, so I appreciate you hanging in there. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks. And uh, keep in mind, too, we are, uh, we're putting together a fantasy league, and we'll probably have a live draft coming up in the next couple weeks. So uh, if you're interested, hit us up. On the Facebook, facebook.com slash BDSM show, 
or uh, you know, find us on Facebook, Devin and Gandela, Billy Carlson, uh, or find us on Twitter at BDSM Show and uh, let us know you're interested. So uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye, guys. Bye.